0: to the second week and actually final week of our short series called Thank You Know. Come on, let's just welcome all of our campuses that are joining us every week. I always want to say welcome to the men and women at the Orleans Justice Center, the St. Tammany Parish Jail, and now 500 inmates at the Hancock County Jail. Come on, can we just welcome them? We love you. Well, I trust that everyone had a good Thanksgiving. I know that I did. And uh, ate a lot of food. And uh, by the way, I want to say I'm very excited about next week and all the campus pastors and all the campuses talked about a brand new series that I'm starting uh, called Welcome Home for Christmas. Matter of fact, we're going to do this theme all year long. Uh, not that series, but we, there's something about church being a home. Everybody say Home. Not everybody can have a healthy, natural home, but, but, but we can all find our place in God's home. And so I cannot wait to kick off that series, Bring Somebody Next Week. I want to say that, bring, invite a friend. Tr- trust me, the next three weeks are going to be special. Leading all the way up to Christmas Eve. Well, today, I'm really excited. Every year, uh, we have what's called our annual board meeting. We have a, a board which consists of an internal group of business people, trustees, and we also have two what's called spiritual overseers, uh, people that are uh, provide input pastor, my wife and I, one of which is Pastor Jacob Aranzu, who came after uh, Easter, did a great marriage talk, and the other one is Pastor Jim LaFoon. Pastor Jim preaches every year the same weekend, and uh, that's why I get to enjoy Thanksgiving. No pressure on me. I don't have to preach. I'm here. I do have something to say, but you've got something better to say.
1: We trust so. We hope so.
0: Yes, you do. Let me tell you a little bit of who Pastor Jim is. Pastor Jim, uh, he's been my pastor for 22 years. Uh, He's on the board of Every Nation Ministries, lives in Nashville. And Kathy actually is here. Kathy, can you stand up? I don't know if we're able to see it all the campuses. I don't know if you guys are able to put that on her, but but Pastor Jim's been a pastor for uh, 30, 40 years, written a lot of books. He's spoken into my life. Pastors a lot of leaders around America. And uh, we're honored to have him as well as a spiritual overseer. Uh, so we love you, Pastor Jim. This word is so powerful. Yesterday's word, last night. Again, I want to say this. We have a Saturday night service, 5 o'clock. If you've not been, you may want to check it out. It is amazing. And so I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask all of us, all campuses, let's just stand up and warmly welcome Thank Pastor Jim Lafoon. Come on. <laughs> let's give it up for him. And it-
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. While you're standing, let's give God a great hand too. Worthy of all our praise, all our worship, all our adoration, you can be seated. I've been coming down in this Thanksgiving weekend with Kathy many, many years now. I call it my extended Thanksgiving. I go from eating Thanksgiving in Tennessee to eating in my favorite eating state in all the world, Louisiana. (laughs) Lord said, son, if you could pick the state where you died, I'd say, I'll pick Louisiana and I'll work my way out of Cajun company, country and die in the French Quarter eating. But anyway, here I am, just happy to be here. Holy Spirit, I thank you today. Lord Jesus, we're just so grateful for you. Lord, as we've tackling again this theme of gratefulness, Lord, 365 days, we've flooded with gratefulness that you died for us, the Father that you sent your son. Lord, now I stand before my Church of the King family So just yesterday, this great church was planted now in its many locations, influencing thousands of lives. Come now and speak to us, Lord. Amen. I want to continue the theme of gratefulness, and I'm going to entitle this message, The Valley of Baracha, Releasing the Power of Praise and Thanksgiving." During the services we were worshiping, how many of you loved that worship this morning? Let's give our worship team just a great hand, tremendous. Um, an obscure text out of the Old Testament just came to my mind, I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna read it to you, and, and to set the stage out of Psalms 8:2. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, think of this. Out of the mouth of the most innocent age, babies and infants, you've established strength because of your foes, to steal the enemy and the avenger. God says this, out of the cry of the smallest child, out of their innocence, out of their simplicity, I can steal your enemy, I can stop it. What makes Christianity hard is not its complexity. There's a simplicity about following Christ in faith, but it costs and I wanna take you down to at the very root of one of the most powerful things you'll ever do as a human. It sounds simple, but if you practice it, it'll change you, it'll change your neighborhood, it'll change your family, it'll change your country. We have one of these commands in 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, and 7 that don't make, does not make a lot of natural sense. Rejoice always. How many of that's just hard? Rejoice. You got to be kidding me. The phone's rang. I'm facing cancer. Rejoice. Pray without ceasing. Stay connected with God. And give thanks in all circumstances. Who would have the audacity to command you to be thankful? Like, why should I be thankful for the pain in my life? The crisis. Why should I just stand and thank God at life's worst moments? It is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Why is it the will of God that you're grateful? Like, why would God command, not just gratefulness here, or gratefulness in your small group, why would he command you to be grateful as a lifestyle? He says, if you'll respond to every circumstance, With gratefulness, something's going to happen. Well, what's going to happen? Three things at least. One, when you're grateful, that's an act of worship. And no matter what you're going through, how many of you know he's always worthy to be worshiped? On your worst day, we can be thankful that we're going to heaven if we know Christ. We can be thankful God lives in us. Listen, (laughs) secondly, it's not just about worship. It's about wellness, Because when you connect to God through gratefulness and his presence touches you and his love touches you, psychologists that study religion have proven that honestly you have a positive chemical reaction in your system to the presence of God. Much of what you felt today was, yes, the presence of God, but the other things you were feeling were your chemical balances being affected as the loving God of the universe touched you. Your oxytocin levels got affected this morning. Your serotonin, your dopamine studies prove that. Now, yes, it's about worship. Yes, it's about wellness. Praise makes you feel better. Gratefulness touches your soul. It affects your heart rate. The peace of God flows into you. My response to crisis is praise. My response to crisis is worship. That's, and I've learned now, it's my quick reaction. The moment crisis strikes, I'm worshiping. But the third thing it does, and this may be the most little known, praise and worship can be an act of war because they release God to fight your battles. Many of you, like me, have been or felt overwhelmed the last two years. We've walked on a tightrope, like, is, what kind of cataclysm is going to come next? Nationally, internationally, COVID, hurricanes, economics, political polarization. May I tell you, when the battle is too big for you, it's a sign it's not yours. Let me say it again. When the battle is too big for you, it is a sign it's not yours. Now, I want to take you into a story. We're going to stay in 2 Chronicles 20 of a people on the verge of being destroyed. They were standing, I may say, at a chasmaclysmic event. We find it in 2 Chronicles twenty one and 2. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites and with them some of the Munites, three different nations, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. So men came and told Jehoshaphat, "A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. That speaks of the Dead Sea. They've come around down under the tip of the Red Sea, and pardon me, the Dead Sea. They're coming up now toward Jerusalem. Behold, they are in Hazazon, Tamar, that is in Jedi. All of a sudden Jehoshaphat realizes, 40 miles from me, the armies of three nations are coming. And this is not just a war, this is a military migration. They're gonna depopulate us, wipe us out, and take our land. It's cataclysmic. They're shattered, they realize this is beyond us. We, have, we don't have the military, we have nothing to do, we're going to be destroyed. Ever feel like you're living at the point of destruction? No wonder the whole world is stressed. Like what variant might come next? What might come out of South Africa? What might come to our economy? What about our country? Man, we're just so polarized. People are so afraid. What do we do? And Jehoshaphat was afraid. Ever been afraid? I have. David said, what time I am afraid? Jehoshaphat was afraid, so he set his face to seek the Lord. They began to fast. They began to pray. They gathered together, the whole nation at the temple. They reminded God. They said, Man, Lord, when we built this building, when we built this temple, you promised that whenever a disaster came, whenever a plague came, whenever a war came, if we would assemble at this building, at this temple, you'd hear our cry. May I tell you, this great building we're standing in today, broadcasting to thousands, was built for moments like this. It was just built for moments like this where God's people come together because there's no answer but him. And here's the crisis. Oh, our God, 12 and 13, will you not judge this? Will you not help us? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. You ever feel powerless? Feel powerless against COVID? Powerless against the pain in the nation? Powerless to help a child you love? Powerless to help your spouse? Around family members you haven't seen in a while and your heart is broken? Lord, we're powerless against what we're facing. May I tell you the fact of it is when you feel powerless, that's because it's time for God's power. We don't know what to do. Listen, scientists don't know what to do. The world doesn't really know what to do. I'll never forget is a young man praying with one of the most powerful couples in all of America. Powerful, friends of the president many years ago. She told me, she said, Jim, she said, my husband and the president, they don't know what to do. They're scared to death. I'm just a young man praying on the phone, and I began to realize those that lead us, they're scared too. Lord, we're afraid, but here's what we're gonna do. We're powerless against this great horde that's coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes aren't on the government. Our eyes aren't on this. Our eyes aren't on that. Our eyes are on you. I want you to shift your focus right now. I want you to shift your focus because in the next few minutes, I'm going to tell you what to do when you're powerless. I'm going to share with you what to do when you're scared to death. And there's no hope for your child. You're broken over your spouse. You're worried about the economy. You wonder what's going to come next. What's going to happen to my city? What's going to happen? I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Yes. They stood there. All we know to do is put our eyes on you. We're powerless, so we're turning our eyes to the greatest power we know. Pastor Jim, is your hope in the government? No, it's not. My hope is in the government of God. Yes. I love my country. I've served my country. I care about my country. But my hope for this earth is the government of the Lord God Almighty. Yes. Now watch this. Yes. Then all of a sudden, when you turn your eyes on God, it says, the Spirit of the Lord came. When you begin to turn your eyes from your crisis to Christ, when you begin to turn your eyes away, all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord comes, and he says this. Through a Levite who's prophesying, listen all Judah, listen to the government, listen all. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great harm. I'm gonna tell you now. Don't be afraid. I don't live in fear of another variant. Amen. I don't live in fear of what may happen to the country. Oh, Jim, what's gonna happen? It's polarized. What might happen? What? He said, Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Now, why wouldn't I be afraid? says this, don't be afraid of this great horde, these overwhelming problems. I said, don't be afraid, for the battle is not yours, but God's. We, say, we see ourselves in a divine setup. God sees it differently. You say, oh my gosh, this is the end. Oh no, it's the beginning of what God's going to do in our country. Watch what he does. As Pastor Steve knows with Unite 714, end of 2018, the Spirit of the Lord began to kind of whisper to me about America. It was video recorded, and I stood and told them this. I said, listen to me. I said, America's going to come into a shaking our economy, people are gonna be afraid. In fact, 17 months from now, there'll be division and divisiveness and polarization in our country. Many are gonna say, it's the end. We're gonna die. We're gonna be depressed, recessed. Many are gonna say, There's no hope. here's what God says. America is not gonna end up in some great depression, great recession, or anarchy. America is sliding in to a move of God's spirit. Now listen to me. Our eyes are on you. He said, the next morning... When you wake up, walk toward the horde. Don't hide out. Don't try to escape. I want you to get up the next morning, the battle's mine, and just walk toward the horde. Well, the good news is they're walking. The bad news is what's God's plan? Don't be afraid. Then he says this, you won't need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. You say, how do you stand for it? I stand on the Word of God. The Word of God defines my reality, not social media. The Word of God defines my reality, not the news cycle. How many of you know much of the news cycle is propaganda anyway? Everyone has their own news cycle. You say, Jim, do you live on the news cycle? No, I live on the word cycle. When the housing market crashed, God told me a couple years in advance, he said, Don't look at the news cycle. Don't be afraid. He's always kept me, always lifted me, because what cycles through my brain is God's word, God's power. You say, what about the conspiracies? Is God greater than those conspiracies, even if they're true? Like, who's greater? Who's sovereign? In the end, what you live in with your head will affect you. What's your first click in the morning? Your Bible or a news feed? What's, beloved, it. it determines everything. Because in the end, out of the abundance of your heart, you think and see. The Spirit of the Lord comes, their course. The Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping. Are you kidding me? They're hours away from being destroyed as a nation. I mean, they're done. It's cataclysmic. They're gonna be wiped out, enslaved, destroyed, and they just fall down and begin to worship. They just fall down and begin to praise. They just fall down and they're grateful in that crisis. And here's what happens. Then the Levites or the Kophites and all of them begin to praise the Lord. And they rose early in the morning, and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be established. Believe his prophets, you'll succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he did something radical. He shifted his horsemen. There was his army, thousands of men outnumbered, but that's our best. God says, No, no. I want you to get every worshiper. I want you to get the worship team. I want you to get the band. There might have been a mass defection from the worship team. I don't know. But I want you to put them in front of the army. And I want you to create a wall of gratefulness. I want you to create a wall of praise because this is my battle. And if you'll just praise me, if you'll just be grateful, face it, you can't win anyway. Face it, you don't have the power to change that kid, to fix that marriage, to help that relative, to keep another hurricane back, to stop another variant. But if you'll praise me, if you'll worship me, watch what happens. Oh, I can't believe this. So they begin to sing this. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures. They're all marching out, they're singing. Be grateful, give thanks to the Lord. His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His steadfast love endures forever. And all of a sudden... The third great power of gratefulness is released. And when they begin to sing and praise, the moment their mouth opened, heaven opened. Now here's the problem. Your mouth opens, heaven opens, but we quickly close our mouth because we don't see the change as much as we thought it would come. Watch this. When they begin to sing and praise... The Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed. The minute they begin to worship, the minute you begin to praise, God goes to work. The minute you lift your voice in gratefulness, the minute you lift your voice in praise, the minute you lift your voice, God goes to work. He goes to work. And they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir and devoted them to destruction. That's a powerful word. That means a brutal war. It was almost with religious zeal. They began to kill one another. Why? The angels of God ambushed them. The Spirit of God ambushed them and, ma- and and when they devoted the inhabitants to Mount Seer to destruction, then they made inhabitants, then they destroyed one. Let me tell you. You say, oh, Pastor Jim, they're great forces just to raid against America and raid against Christians. Trust me, it's a battle. Oh, he goes, yes, vote. But as you pray and praise, you'll watch division and breakdown come in the very forces trying to destroy Christianity in the country. You'll see it with your own eyes. Now watch me, beloved. Here's the key. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, catch this, they're singing, they're worshiping, they have no idea that God's already at work. They have no idea that he's already insured their country. They have no idea, and all of a sudden, beloved, all of a sudden, they come to the watchtower And one of the far borders, there's this watchtower. And watchmen would climb that tower so they could look out and get a view of what's really happening. Now, the watchtower in the Bible, yes, it's a watchtower, but it's also a picture of watch and pray. I'll climb in my tower. What happens? When they climb up into the watchtower, when they climb up into the presence, when they soar up in worship, then and only then can they see what God is really doing. And it says this. When Judah came to the watchtower, they looked toward the horde, and behold, they were dead, and none had escaped. You can't see everything from the ground. If you're not willing to rise in praise, to rise in worship, to rise in prayer, your perspective will never be right. I was in prayer sometime recently, and I saw an image of our planet as I was praying, and it was just fractured, fissured, broken, looked like a two-year-old had thrown it to the ground. He said, what do you see, Lord? I said, I see a fractured, fissured, broken, planet without hope. He goes, you're blind. I said, what do you see? Those aren't fractures, son. Those are furrows I've allowed the world to be plowed for an outpouring of my spirit. What do you see? What do you see? If you do not ascend in praise, if you do not rise in gratefulness, if you don't rise in worship, if you don't rise to a new level, you'll never see what God's really doing in the world. Oh, there's problems in the world, sin in the world, pain, it is all true. Thank God for Christ, reconciliation, but let me tell you, in the middle of it all, you've come and I've come to the valley of Baragah. Hordes are all around us, and many of us feel powerless. And when you feel powerless, you'll either grasp for illicit power or you'll turn to the power of all the universe. There's a sense of powerless overwhelming people right now. Let me tell you, beloved, what we're facing is not as simple as the military, it's not as simple as science. It's not as simple as how trusty you are with your weapon. And I shot expert in my elite military with more weapons than you can count. But I'm afraid that's not about the real power. When humans become powerless, they look to grab power back, get angry and afraid on the inside. As much as I appreciate our rights and freedoms and all these things, when I'm powerless, I lift out my hand to the one who has power and I praise, and I worship. And here is the end of the story. They were dead. Jehoshaphat and his people came to take the spoil, and they found themselves in goods and clothing and precious things, and for three days, three days, such an important time in Scripture, three days, Jesus in the tomb, three days before they crossed the Jordan, three days, beloved, coming to a time of victory. Here's what it says. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Baraka to this day. They returned then to Judah, Jerusalem, rejoicing, praising, harps, lyres. Who's named your valley? How do you see the last two years? Is it the valley of brokenness or the valley of Blessing. Who names your valley, your pain, or your promise? Who names your valley, your crisis or your Christ? We as Americans can now name our valley. You say, what do you know? I've traveled the world. I've been places you cannot comprehend, most of you. I've looked death in the eyes and seen death. America, yes, pain, yes, problems, yes, injustice, but God's on the move here. It's just the truth. There is no perfect nation. There is no perfect people. It's why I look to a perfect God. But I thank God I'm not living in places where I would not have the freedom to talk like this. I'm there too. Beloved, hear me now. You can name your valley today. You can name your pain today. You can name it. Oh, it's a burden. Oh, it's my brokenness. No, I bless him. I bless him. I praise him. I worship him. I worship him. I praise him. I worship him. Let me tell you, here we are. It says then, God gave them rest, and all the kingdoms of the world were terrified. All of them. All of them. Where are you this morning? Why should I be grateful, Jim? Why should I worship, Pastor? Why should I praise Him? Because He's worthy of your praise, no matter what you're facing. He sent His Son to die for you and redeem you. And this is not all there is. It's not, we'll be in heaven rejoicing forever. Secondly, it makes you well on the inside. It heals you to praise him. It touches you to be grateful. And thirdly, it's an act of war. Because when we praise him in the midst of crisis, we acknowledge it's his battle. And he comes to fight for him. When they'd assault Moses, all oh, Moses just prays. Here you are. You say, Pastor Jim, I'm in the valley of Barakon. I need to praise. Raise your hand right now. Put your hands up. I need to pray. In fact, let's give God a great clap right now. <laughs> I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Pastor Steve's joining me. I want you to, we're going to quote this together. I want you to say this Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Let's say it again. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. A minute I'm going to hand this mic to Pastor Steve, and we're going to worship, and we're going to thank him, and God's going to touch our nation. I'm not blind see the pain, but I also know the power. He's got the power. He's Raise your hands and thank Him again. Just thank Him. He's worthy of your praise. His presence is here to touch you.
2: Wow, what an amazing message this weekend. And we don't wanna rush by without taking a second to congratulate
1: you who have given your life to Jesus this weekend. And man, we know that heaven is rejoicing right now and so are we. So congratulations and we are so excited for this new journey that you're going on.
2: And if you just made that decision today, or if you have something else going on, we have hosts who would love to pray with you. If you let them know in the chat room right now, they would love and be honored to have time to talk with you and to pray for you.
1: And if you did make that decision, we have pastors who are ready to talk with you and answer any questions that you may have. So go ahead and fill out that short form in the chat room right now, or you could text DECISIONS to the number 822-822.
2: Well guys, next week when we come together it will be the month of december and it's christmas time so get your christmas sweaters on get your cup of hot cocoa and get ready for our brand new christmas series called welcome home for christmas i know that it's going to be a huge source of encouragement as we go into this amazing yet sometimes hectic and chaotic season and before we end today i want to ask you Do you know someone who might be struggling? Do you know someone who needs the hope and the joy and the peace that is only found in a relationship with Jesus? Think about that and and as you think of someone, man, invite them to join you next week as we kick off our brand new series. I can't wait to see what God is going to do through you and the power of a simple invite. Have a great week and we'll see you there.